views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. You are listening to Golden Otter Divinations, where the metaphysical meets the mainstream with Autumn Seibel. Tune in 9 a.m. Pacific, the first Friday of every month, as Autumn helps you manifest your dreams by connecting to loved ones in spirit, empowering you to find both physical and spiritual healing. Are you ready to transform your life and connect to divine guidance through practical strategies? Golden Otter Divinations is the place to find engaging interviews with medical experts, practicing mediums, intuitives, healers, and many more. Now, here's your host, Autumn Seibel. Hi, everyone. I'm Autumn, and you're listening to Golden Otter Divinations on Transformation Talk Radio. Stay with us for the next hour hour as we explore where the metaphysical meets the mainstream. And remember to join us live each first Friday of the month, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, when we have new informative and engaging interviews with medical experts, practicing mediums, intuitives, healers, and many more to help uplift, educate, and empower by recognizing the daily miracles and manifestations sent by spirit. So thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I have a really special guest with me. His name is Brian Eklund, and he is here to discuss what it means to be clairvoyant, along with other topics like remote viewing, tarot, psychometry, um, and what to uh, know when leading a home-based intuitive development circle. So the purpose of this interview is to help you familiarize yourself with the education available to developing mediums and intuitives as well as some of the do's and don'ts for beginners and seasoned pros alike. So um, Brian's also a dear friend of mine who I'm so happy to have the honor of you interviewing. So let's welcome Brian to Golden Otter Divinations. Hello, Brian. Hi, Autumn. How are you? I really got a little bit nervous. As you can tell, I'm not usually a nervous Nelly, but today I sure am. You're doing just fine. And thanks for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so, so much. I'm really excited to have this opportunity to talk to you today. So, um, so before we start, I like to raise our vibration for everyone listening and to really get in the flow. And I always start by asking my guests if they've had any golden moments lately, golden meaning a time you were just totally in the flow or an interaction that you knew was sent by spirit, um, something that maybe made your heart sing or just put a smile on your face. So if you had any golden moments lately? I did have one. I did. Um, let me tell you about it. I was in a spirit circle and I was reading for a woman sitting across from me. And I said, you know what, when I see you, um, I see you holding up a lantern and this is the time for you to speak your truth. She came up and approached me afterwards after the circle. And she said, I just want to tell you your message had a lot of meaning for me. And on just before I came to the circle looking for lanterns. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so she was shopping online for lanterns, but she nice. was also having to face her truth. And I thought, isn't it exciting that uh, Spirit let her know and myself know that the message was valid? And for me, that's a golden moment. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I love that. Not a scavenger hunt, but it's like they leave these little clues. Okay, this is beyond coincidence. You know, too many things are adding up here for it to be random. So thank you so much for sharing that. I really love that. So, um, want you today because I would love to talk to you talk to you about um, how to get started with building your intuition, if you will. Sure. So um, 
I got started, uh, let's see, I went to my first 1997. Um, mm-hmm. and, it, and there was a, a psychic in upper Northwest Washington, DC named Diane Nagorka. And I started by, um, sitting in uh, a spirit message circle there. And, uh, and then there was sort of a, a gap, um, where I was doing other things and I was taking classes and in intuitive development. And I think when we're looking to develop our intuition, it's really helpful to work with mentors and with teachers and to reach out and find the resources that are out there, you know, so that you can um, join circles and practice with others and get the kind of coaching that you want and need so you can develop your skills. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. When I first started my mediumship development, I mean, I didn't even know what mediums were until I was in my early twenties. I grew up in a small Alaskan town and there was just like, Beyond kind of, I, I kind of remember John Edwards on TV. I wouldn't have known who he was, but I remember it being, being like, ooh, that's, can't watch that. But I would always turn it on and sneak and watch it. And I would watch programs over the years over it. And it wasn't until I was in my early 20s till I realized that there are real people in the real world who do this. <laughs> and it's not just people on TV. And so, yeah, like reaching out and developing a community is is the, the first part, because then you don't feel like you're alone, you know, and, and we all learn better. We're social humans are for the most part, social creatures. And so learning, um, exactly. community is great. Exactly. And there's sort of an energy that builds when you're working in a circle mm-hmm. and, and you have that kind of development opportunity. And, uh, I feel like there's more, there's a greater presence of spirit when you have mm-hmm. a group of people, because you have all of their guides and loved ones who come in, uh, in addition to your own, and there's just an energy that builds, and it feels like there's more of an opportunity um, when you're practicing in development circles to um, enhance your your delivery of messages, as well as your reception, and, and to just work on improving your skills over time. You know, and it's, it's wonderful to have that safe environment where it's okay uh, to to practice and not be fearful about making mistakes, because I think that's one of the biggest um, issues that beginners really struggle with is they're they're fearful that they're going to say something that isn't correct. And the person that they're delivering the message to will say, ah, that doesn't have any meaning for me. And um, you need an environment where, you know, it's your go to place and you're totally safe and you can just deliver messages the way you receive them from spirit. Absolutely. Totally. I'm a high school teacher trade. I think you know that about me. And you know, there's always been this saying, there's no such thing as a dumb question. I mean, there are some silly questions that I've been asked in my 10 years of teaching where I'm like, you know, that that's a silly question, but if there's actual inquiry behind it, okay, I'll go with you. Um, but the point is with, um, development circles, it's like, there is no wrong message. I've been in development circles where even a, um, an interaction that somebody cutting the person off in delivering the message is the message. So there really is no, um, there's no wrong way to deliver when you're developing, you know, eventually you refine and, and you, um, you know, tune in to how to give better messages, which we'll talk about later in the segment. But when you're first getting started, you're right. It's just this safe space to kind of spread your wings a little bit and, and, find out how you work, right? Because everybody works a little bit different. And that's, I wanted to talk to you about that. Um, when you first got started, you know, I know when you lead a home circle, you start, you always start with a prayer and then a mm-hmm. meditation. 
-hmm. Would you mind talking about that for a second and just kind of the importance of what that prayer does and why, you know, a few minutes for meditation is not, it's needed? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So um, when you start your your spirit circle, your message circle, um, it's really important to set intention with the group and then with the guides and loved ones who are there in spirit um, that you're going to have a good session. And the importance of the prayer is to get everyone in the group linked up so that they understand um, the seriousness of the moment that guides and loved ones are waiting in the wings. They're all around, even though we can't see them. But also it's a prayer of protection to say that we're asking for only the highest and best uh, messages and spirits to come through during the session and that all others must stay away. So whatever kind of visualization techniques we want to use, if we see angels' wings surrounding the the circle or golden light surrounding the circle, those are really important because it gives um, the circle members a a visualization that they can embrace so that they'll feel safe and know that they're safe as well. And then we do a meditation, and that might go from anywhere from 5 to 15 minutes, and that helps circle members to relax, and it also raises their vibration, and that makes it easier for spirit to work through them um, so that they can blend with spirit, and then uh, it's far easier for them to access messages and um, to send and receive messages with other circle members. Um, So that's really key. And uh, and just staying grounded while they're in the circle. I always look forward, oops, sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, I think that was a little bit of spirit jumping on the line. Our <laughs> producer Carter is telling us we've got three minutes to go to break, and I don't forget we're probably gonna have spirit helping me out. We do <laughs> my breaks; they'll just start scrambling. So I'm going. That's your three minute warning, Autumn. Get ready. <laughs> but um, no, yeah. So thank you for that um, information. I always look forward to when you lead meditations and then the invoking prayer, and then also you also do a closing prayer at the end get to that at the end yes um which you know it's something we should probably i should start my show with is a quick little prayer and then a quick little uh-huh. closing um because this is almost like a sacred space that we're creating with these shows it's it's almost right. like um, like a a moment in time that you're encapsulating for that special connection there you go and i was going to say another thing that we do during the meditation is we visualize a golden light moving up through mm-hmm. our through our bodies. So we start with our feet and then we move up through the legs and the torso, the chest, the arms, the head. And we say it's a healing golden light and this helps people to relax, to relax their muscles. And then we open all the chakras. So we visualize opening all the seven chakras um, from the base all the way up to uh, the crown chakra. And doing this um, also helps enhance our ability to communicate with spirit. And normally by the time that the meditation has ended, um, people are really calm and relaxed and they're in a perfect state where they're able to uh, receive messages from spirit. And then um, I think lastly, the delivery of messages is really important to remember whatever you get, just deliver it. Even if it's just a word, if it's a color, a thought, a feeling, it could be a lyric from a song. I encourage circle members to get the message out there. So, yeah, that's probably the key thing. That's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. So um, we're going to take a quick break. So you're listening to Golden Otter Radio with Autumn, and we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to just explore more about the fascinating, fascinating subject 
of Psychic Development with my guest, Brian Eklund. And we're going to talk about um, home development circles and how to how to increase our own intuitive de development. All right. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Do you wish there was a do-it-yourself guide for starting your metaphysical journey? So did I. That's exactly why I created an amazing ebook just for you. Lunar Manifestations, a medium's guide to manifesting by the cycles of the moon, offers a year of new and full moon rituals to help you move from the life you've been living to the one you're dreaming about. Come visit me, Autumn Seibel, at goldenotter.us and get your download instantly. That's golden, like the precious metal, otter, like the precious animal, .us. Did you know that when working with the Law of Attraction, it's beneficial to share your longings with a supportive tribe who can assist in maintaining accountability and hold the creative space for your desires to manifest? I'm Autumn Seibel, host of Golden Otter Radio, where the metaphysical meets the mainstream. Join me each month at the new and full moon to plant your seeds of abundance, consciously tend to your intentions throughout the lunar phases, then harvest the fruits of your co-creation with the universe in my Lunar Manifestations members-only forum. Your tribe is waiting for you at goldenotter.us. We're back on Golden Otter Radio with me, Autumn. And my guest today is Brian Eklund, who's talking to us about psychic development. But before we continue, I want to make sure that everyone knows how to contact Brian. So uh, could you give us your contact info one more time, Brian? Actually, I don't think I've asked you for it yet. Could you give it to us? <laughs> sure. So <clears throat> my email address is eklundbrian at gmail.com. And my website is located at www.brianecklund.com. Com. Okay, and I will have links to that um, off of my website. So if you're listening to this on goldenotter.us, there will be links to um, brianecklin.com. And then if you need his email, it is eklandbrian at gmail.com. That's E-K-E-L-A-N-D-B-R-I-A-N at gmail.com. You can tell I'm a teacher by trade. Those old high, old habits die hard. Do I have my second round of listeners? And my third round? Okay, <laughs> got this. Double check for meaning. Double check for context. Anyways, okay, so we are back talking about psychic development. And um, something I wanted to ask you about, Brian, is the different divination tools that people use <laughs> to communicate with spirit. So um, things like ESP cards, tarot, um, remote viewing, and then mm -hmm. psychokinesis. I know that's a lot. And for many of our listeners, mm -hmm. this could be the first time they're hearing these words or the millionth time that they're hearing the term. So if you could just take us through some of those really quickly, how um, somebody new to mediumship development might use those. Yeah, so ESP cards are great for practicing by yourself uh, or, or with a partner as well. Um, and they have a series of symbols and um, there's about five different symbols uh, that are on the cards, like a circle or a square or triangle. And there's a whole deck of the cards. And so what you want to do is um, lay them face down and then you try and guess or intuit what uh, shape is on each of the cards. And those are really handy for when you're by yourself and you want to keep your skills up and you can just go through the cards. So um, those are a real helpful learning tool. Mm -hmm. And then with tarot, um, I was introduced to tarot, I guess, back in 2011 when two circle members brought cards to my home and they did a reading for me that was amazingly uh, accurate. And I 
sort of became hooked and started taking tarot classes. And tarot is wonderful for divination, um, meaning that if we're looking for answers about a future event, um, tarot can really spell it out very clearly regarding not only what's happened in a person's past, uh, um, past events that have happened in their life, but also what's happening in the present. And then you can usually give them um, a flight path for the next three to six months about what's coming up in their life. Uh, and just by learning to read the cards and using your intuition, um, you're able to provide a form of divination with tarot. And then and remote viewing is um, another skill that I picked up, and that was uh, actually a protocol that was developed by the federal government back in the 70s. Mm -hmm. uh, and the government used it for intelligence work uh, with mm -hmm. the Department of Defense. And remote you know, viewing... But my... Go ahead. I was just going to say, my dad was actually um, part of some of those programs. So for it's a fun little tidbit for any listeners, active duty uh, Air Force officer. So How talk about exciting. that at another time, but I don't know if I've ever shared that with you. So, you know, people go, oh, no. it's all a big government conspiracy. It's like, uh -huh. you'd be uh -huh. surprised. The truth <laughs> is much stranger than fiction, folks. So, so the anyway, apple doesn't fall it, far from the tree. That's it great. It does not. It does not. I get it from both sides. So There you go. Yeah. So sorry to interrupt. And no, no, no. So with remote viewing, um, we learned how to view targets using clairvoyance. And this mm -hmm. is really a technique that almost anybody can learn with a little bit of practice. Um, and, and it was certainly effective for the remote viewers who are working for the government where they're given, with co coordinate remote viewing, they're given just a series of numbers and then they're asked mm -hmm. to use their clairvoyance to view a target or a person or an object at a distance. And um, that's yeah. a really handy technique as well. And, and we discover over time that when we're sitting with clients and reading for them that we're using blended skills. We're using a variety of techniques um, to provide the client with feedback and with messages. And sometimes it's remote viewing that we're tapping into where we're, where we're viewing a situation or we're viewing an event uh, in the client's life. And then I was well, going to mention, go ahead. go ahead. I, I was, was just going to give you a little plug for your remote viewing. Um, just a short little snippet. I'm wearing my otter earrings today, but I have a pair of beautiful diamond earrings that are still around today because um, you helped me locate them. They were literally <laughs> vacuumed up in the trash, about to be taken to the curb. And after a week of searching and searching and searching and checking with my own guides and my own intuition, I knew they were in my house. I knew they were hooked together, but I did not know where they were. And I scoured every inch of my house finally I, in desperation because I hate to you know, bum free readings from friends and fellow mediums. <laughs> but when I desperate times call for desperate measures. And so I reached out to you and I said, hey, can you do you any idea where these earrings are? And we found them that that night, I believe. Um, I mean, we found them before they went out to the trash. So I have my diamond earrings that I will be able to give to my daughter someday because of your amazing skills. And we, I'll, we'll put this story up somewhere so people can read the, the details of it. But um, even mediums sometimes need a little bit of help. So thank you for yes. that. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks. Yeah, I was happy to do that. And I'm just so glad you found those earrings. Because I know. I can imagine that was, I know you were really anxious anxious about it. And I, I and just I just sensed that they were there. I just, I just knew they were there. So. And I had this looming feeling like they were there, but they were on their way to be gone. I just uh -huh. had that feeling. So that's why I reached out. But anyway, so, and then you were saying psychokinesis. Tell us about that one. 
Well, actually, um, yes. Well, so psychokinesis is um, about using the energy in our bodies um, to to influence matter. And so there are there are skills that we can learn um, to help sprout seeds and help plants grow more quickly. Mm-hmm. And uh, to energize water and to uh, illuminate light bulbs and influence the throw of dice. And this is another way of um, sort of invoking or getting our, our psychic energy moving. And it's sort of as though if you can enhance one area, if you can practice in one area, sometimes it helps another area where you find that your intuition is growing and you're becoming more intuitive as a result of using your psychokinesis. Wow. And then there was one thing I wanted to mention that wasn't on here, and that's psychometry, um, where we're oh. accessing um, information about a person um, through through touching an object that they own, like a ring or a wristwatch. Um, it could be an article of clothing or something that they wore pretty frequently. And that's also helpful um, for developing your intuition and getting feedback. And it's fun to have a psychometry exercise every now and then in a circle because circle members can quickly respond um, to that kind of development exercise and give feedback to the person who's, who is uh, providing the, the messages. For um, sure. Yeah. So, so for anybody, mm-hmm. sorry to interrupt you. So for anybody who, um, so when I was growing up, the only, like I mentioned, the only access to mediumship and information um to spiritual development that I had really came from the TV because it was pretty, the where I lived was quite isolated. So shows like The Medium, um, Ghost Whisperer, those were fictionalized portrayals. But now we have reality TV. You've got Long Island Medium and um, Tyler Henry on the, um, the E! Network and she on TLC. And they use, they tend to use psychometry quite a bit. He'll hold on to an object and yes. then kind of... Um, dial in. So if anybody's wondering what that is, that is called psychometry. That's the exactly. skill that these mediums are using. Yeah. Right. Very cool. Thank you so much yeah. for um, that information. And then, so I wanted to talk about um, your school, your education. So growing yes. up, I always wanted to go to Hogwarts. I don't know if you remember Harry Potter. <laughs> I know. Who didn't? Who wouldn't want to go to Hogwarts? <laughs> I know, right? That's like Golden Otter is a bit of an to uh, J.K. Rowling. Hopefully someday she'll listen to the listen to the episode. Uh-huh. Like, oh, good. I influenced. I, she influenced a generation, but she can see the the special mark she made on my life. Because um, I think a lot of us just wished there was a Hogwarts, and there it turns out there kind of is, right? I mean, there are places where people yes. who have sensitivities can go and you know use. I call them superpowers. You know, use your special skills that maybe society at large doesn't fully acknowledge, which I do believe is changing. And I see it in the school systems. I really see more heart-centered education coming to the forefront. Um, so could you talk a little bit about that, your your education? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think I mentioned previously, I sat in my first circle in 1997 and there was a psychic in Northwest Washington. And I mm-hmm. sat for almost a year in, um, in an intuitive development message circle, giving messages there, learning to send and, and receive messages. Mm-hmm. And then my next, and that was very helpful because that gave me a lot of the big. And um, in the, I guess later in the nineties, I saw a program on TV about remote viewing that caught my mm-hmm. eye. And I thought that I wanna learn more about that. And I ended up taking a class at the Omega Institute up in Rhinebeck, New York. And I went up for a week 
um, to learn the remote viewing skills and uh, was surprised when I was able to tap in and draw pictures of objects that were hidden from view or targets that were hidden from view. And um, that's where I really had my first breakthrough, I think, where I thought, wow, I can really do this. And, um, and then I ended up following up and doing some more remote viewing training at the Monroe Institute, which is in Faber, Virginia. And that was taught by Joe McMonagall, who's um, known as America's super psychic spy. And oh. he was involved with the remote viewing program back from the beginning. And he worked mm -hmm. with Ingo Swan and Russell Targ, you know, the, the folks who helped develop remote viewing uh, back in the 70s. So it was a real pleasure to work with him. I felt like I was learning from Yoda. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, I bet. Because I think he's, he's in his late 60s now, and he has a lot of stories, a lot of war stories about remote viewing. And um, so it's really helpful to have these places to refer to where you can learn to develop your skills. And I think another one is Lilydale up in upstate New York. Uh, that's another... Uh, Near and dear to my heart. Another Lidale. community, yes, yes. Yeah. And I think it's being led by uh, Lisa Williams now, and they have some wonderful programs there for mediumship and intuitive development and all kinds of classes. Any Anything that you could imagine in the mm -hmm. psychic mediumship realm, they offer and they teach. And uh, it's set in a wonderful location. Uh, it has a little Victorian community, and it's on a lake, and it's just a wonderful school. It's, it's nice to know that we have these places to go and study and, and develop our skills. Uh, Lilydale was the first place I ever um, met a medium. And I guess if I had to find a Hogwarts, Lil Lilydale's is close to Hogwarts for adults <laughs> as it comes. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted, my parents, both of my parents actually grew up in a small town about an hour away from Lilydale in, in mm -hmm. Pennsylvania. Even though I grew up in Alaska, um, my parents were military, got stationed up there, and we stayed up there. But whenever we'd go visit my grandparents, way to the airport, we'd always drive by Lilydale, and they'd go, that's where the witches live. And I was like, oh, that sounds terrifying. <laughs> and now as an adult, and there's a little restaurant nearby called, um, I think it's called Witches Brew or something. And, you know, some, uh -huh. some people in the area call it that, but really it's like once you, but secretly they all go, everyone goes, and then they don't uh -huh. talk about it locally. Even to, you know, it's kind of a little hush-hush thing. Um, but people from all over the world come to Lilydale, whereas the local community, it's kind of this little hidden secret. Um, but yeah, right. when I was in my early 20s to Lilydale and had my first reading with a woman named Kitty Osborne, who no longer um, practices. And I was, I immediately was like, I've, I'm home. I have found my tribe. I have found other living, breathing human beings who speak the language that my soul has been trying to speak for 20 something years. And it was just such a profound moment. I knew everything in my life had changed as far as my spiritual development and just what was possible for me. And, and you know, people don't have to go to Lilydale to have that moment. They can tune into this radio program and, and hear that there are many, many people out there developing their own spiritual gifts. Because um, I think you would agree with this, that we're all born with these innate skills. Yes. Yeah. Yes, so it's not I think so. It's not just a select few. It's not just if it's, you know, in your family history, everyone is born with these skills that we, um, or senses, extra senses that we either dull or develop, really. I mean, you can either turn, tune them out or turn them down with, you know, drugs, alcohol, food, TV, uh, you know, noise, 
or you can kind of tune into it. And it sounds like that's what you've been doing with all the schooling that you've been doing, all the education. And then I'm sure you probably read books on the, on the subject. Oh, absolutely. I, reading is a big part of my self-education and I try to read as much literature about intuitive development as possible. I found, I find it to be really helpful as well as inspirational literature yeah. because I think it helps keep me in the right frame of mind. And that that's really helpful for, um, for being a medium and being a psychic. So if our listeners aren't in a place where they can, you know, go to their own Lily Dale or, or find a spiritual community near them to um, be a part of, how would you recommend they look for um, literature? So I think um, they can look online, you know, um, mm-hmm. they can do a, they can do a search certainly for um, information about developing your ESP mm-hmm. or how to become a medium or a psychic. There are a number of good books out now about uh, developing your, your mediumship. One is called, So You Want to Be a Medium. And I think there's another one just called Medium. And uh, it's amazing what's available to the lay person now. Um, so I recommend an internet search. And I was going to say, it looks like most of the schools are really East Coast based. So we have the mm-hmm. Monroe Institute and we have the Edgar Cayce's um, Association for Research and Enlightenment, and those are both located mm-hmm. in Virginia. And the ARE uh, is a wonderful school. They they offer every year they offer at least two courses in developing your intuition, and they bring in some world class psychics who are yeah. skilled not only at doing readings but at teaching people and helping them transform. And, um, and then there's also Lilydale, which is further north, but also on the mm-hmm. East Coast. And it's nice to know that we have these resources that are available. If people are really serious about getting away and developing their mediumship or their psychic abilities, they can do it. Yeah. So Lilydale's about an hour south of Buffalo for anybody or um, anybody listening. There's also some really good um, online programs. So James Van Krog is somebody that I've been, I was introduced to. I used to watch the show, um, The Medium, Patricia Arquette, and that was, um, that was a fictional show, but it was based on the medium, Alison Dubois. And so I kind of, I got really interested in knowing everything there was to know about her and kind of development. And then through her, I think I found James Van Prague and he, he did the ghost whisperer, which is again, a fictionalized portrayal of mediumship, um, development. And I always, I only reference those shows because yes, it is fiction. It's, it's TV, but it gives you a, an, an entree into mm-hmm. this world, um, Especially for some, you know, if you, if you just don't know. Um, but anyway, so James Van Prague has a, a, a really good school um, for mediumship and intuition, things like that, online, so that if anybody needs to, if you're not in a place. So mm-hmm. moving on with that, um, thank you so much for all that information. Um, so speaking about mediumship, I was hoping that we could talk about that. So when did you branch out from uh, intuitive development, which is what we're kind of talking about using things like um, tarot cards to full on mediumship. And if you could just give us a little explanation of what the difference between psychic skills are mm-hmm. and mediumship. Right. So psychic skills are really more what, what we would say on the physical plane or on the horizontal plane, meaning earth-based, what we pick up from the, the client. When we have a client sitting in front of us, what do we get from that client? Mm-hmm. with respect to um, their soul or their energy, you know, what do they need to know and what do we sense? 
Um, and then with mediumship based information, it's what are we getting from spirit? So not only from our own guides and spirits who are helping us with the reading for the client, but from the client spirit as well, mm -hmm. you know, so, so what is the spirit based information that the client needs to know? And I think those are the, the two biggest differences. And what we notice uh, often happens is that there's sort of a blending again that happens when you're reading for a client where some of the information comes through psychically and some of it's coming through spirit where we're getting messages. And some of it's just intuitive where we, we feel influenced by spirit and we're giving them the kind of loving feedback that they need. Um, but, but that tends to be influenced by spirit at the same time. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, sometimes I refer to um, the difference between psych tuning in psychically and tuning in medium mediumistically is it's kind of like playing a piano and we're all kind of if you've got your your keys on home base and we're doing like psychic readings we're kind of playing within that first you know octave if you will and then mediumship is really getting up into those higher keys where it's it just takes a fine tuning yeah so, and, and like again any, yeah and anyone analogy. can yeah. <laughs> and anyone can do it. It's like, I, you know, like I say, playing a piano, we can all do it, even if you're just plunking your fingers and it's kind of clumsy, you know, but then eventually it becomes a more elegant thing. And when you see um, some of the, some really, like you were mentioning, really well-trained and um, well-practiced mediums practicing their, their skill, it, it looks fluid and it looks easy. And it's almost like, oh, I could never, ever do that when really they've developed over time and fine tune and working with their spirit guides and um, teachers on the other side, they they have this kind of lexicon, if you will, that makes it easier. It makes it look like it's not, you know, a classical pianist is sitting there just playing the keys like it's it's nothing really, but they've put hours and hours of um, work Practice. into it. Yeah, and then there's and then there's the occasional prodigy. You know, let's not. <laughs> there's, those, there's those those psychic kids kids that come in with past life memories who are going, well, and this is going to happen, and that's going to happen, and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, if there's any other moms out there with psychic kids, that's a whole other mm -hmm. radio show. But mm -hmm. I've got, I've got two that every now and then throw my husband and I for a loop. But anyway, <laughs> we'll talk about that at another time. Um, so you did you mention Journey Within? Would you mind telling me about yeah. that? The, I would the love life to tell you about that. There. That's a wonderful resource. It's another um, school and it's also a church. It's based in Pompton Lakes, New Jersey. And mm -hmm. I heard about it at the Monroe Institute at TMI. And I had a couple of students approach me, some classmates, and they said, you know, we think you might be good at mediumship. And um, I had, I was there taking a class in healing and psychokinesis and they recommended mediumship to me and that I should check out the journey within. And so I signed up for class in transmediumship with Tony Stockwell, who's a mm -hmm. famous British medium, and uh, Janet Nohavich, who is the, the head minister there running mm -hmm. the journey within. And I had a wonderful experience. There's a class of uh, mediums, largely from the New York City and New Jersey metropolitan area. And there were also some Canadians who flew in for this. So there must have been about 60 mediums in the class. And the, the vibration was just really high. And that's where I had my first experience with communicating with spirit and uh, clearly hearing messages and spirit communication and receiving some positive messages from family members 
um, it was it was a real eye-opening experience for me, and I can't say enough about it. I feel like it's a really good resource, another school, The Journey Within in Pompton Lakes, New Jersey, for people who are looking to develop and expand their skills in mediumship and intuitive development. To, um, could you explain trans mediumship? I have, I've seen trans mediumship and it is a sight to be seen. It's not, I say it like I was watching a show, but the first time I ever saw a a practicing trans medium with trans uh, figuration, I didn't know if I wanted to run for the exit or just like really (laughs) go for it. I mean, I had already scoped out my exits and I was, I literally called on my spirit guides. I have a dog in spirit that I was like, Capone, you got to get here and sit on my, you know, lap metaphysically. I had my brother in spirit come through, my cousin in spirit come through. And I was like, if I'm going to get through this experience, you guys have to be here with me because it was the first time you see something like that. It, it changes the way that you, your brain works because you're going my brain playing tricks on me? Is this real? <laughs> and then you start looking around at the other participants and you're going, okay, we're all either under some sort of group hypnosis or this is what it is. And it just based on how they react, you know, okay, I'm not imagining this is not a figment of my imagination. This is happening. So sorry, could you tell us what trance mediumship is for anybody who doesn't know? Yeah. So trance mediumship is, um, is about going into a light state of trance or different kinds of trances. Um, and the, the type of trance that we were focusing on in this class was the light state of trance where mm-hmm. you're still sitting in your chair and you're able to communicate easily with your client, but you're in an altered state of consciousness. So, and to achieve that, you, um, you focus more heavily on prayer and on meditation uh, in the front end before you're meeting with your client to get into that relaxed state of mind. Mm-hmm. And, and um, over time, you learn how to to go to that space or to go to that special place where you can access um, the relaxed state of mind, a fairly, uh, a fairly, um, uh, well, I want to say not a heavy trance, but I would say like a medium to light trance. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just easier when you're in that state for uh, to blend with the medium and to transmit messages Um, And not only that, but to come up with movements um, that the medium can use that will signal to the client that the that the spirit is is indeed working through the medium um, and also to receive images from spirit as well. So so being in that light state of trance um, is really helpful and beneficial for bringing messages through. And I think when we hear the word trance, we we kind of think of the Hollywood movies where. The medium is laying down on a couch, sort of like in a Freudian psychoanalysis session. Yeah. <laughs> session. And um, and they're channeling a spirit, you know, a disembodied mm-hmm. spirit comes through and attaches to their voice box. And that's, yeah. a, that's a very deep state of trance. So we weren't really focusing on that particular kind of trance. We did see uh, an, an example of that where Tony Stockwell did go into deeper trance state and brought uh, a spirit through channeled a spirit through mm-hmm. for us. Um, so it was, it was really helpful just to see that and observe and, and to see what's available to us, you know, as mediums, um, the, the different kinds of states that we can achieve and, uh, and what's possible for communication when you're in those states. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, so we'll have to talk another time about deep trans mediumship and some of the amazing things that we can see there. Um, but right now we're gonna have to just take a quick break. I'm Autumn and you're listening to Golden Otter Radio. When we come back, 
Uh, Brian will explain to us what listeners need to know about starting their own home development circle. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. We're back on Golden Ladder Radio with me, Autumn, and I have my guest, Brian Eklund, here talking about home development circles, how they work, and benefits for participants. Uh, so now we're going to talk about the difference between mediumship circles and psychic development circles and what you can um, expect if you're able to find one in your area. So, Brian, how did you find people to join your home circle and what type of a circle is it? Yeah, so I found people to join my circle through word of mouth. Um, first of all, I started inviting friends. I let them know, friends, mm-hmm. family members, neighbors, uh, just let them know that I was starting a circle. And once the circle was established with just a couple of people, then with word of mouth, they started letting other people know. And um, interestingly enough, some of the members actually started talking about it at their churches. And then we had some Mm -hmm. of their church members coming and joining the circle. So yeah, so that's, that's a really uh, good way to get people to join. And then also through meetup, I eventually set up a a group for mediumship on meetup.com. And then, um, and that was a mixed blessing, but uh, that's another way that you can have people join your circle. Do you Um, ever ask your guides to go mm -hmm. just be like, Hey, my guides, talk to their guides. Let's meet up in the physical IRL in real life. Right. <laughs> yes. And and when we do that, that's when we know that the people who are supposed to be there will show up, you know, and Absolutely. We, just leave it, we just leave it to spirit to send people to us. Yeah. Cause essentially yeah. you're there holding space and mm-hmm. you've, you've already set it up with your guides and with spirit and going, okay, from this time to this time on this day, this is when we will be available as a group or, you know, whatever, however many show up, um, to communicate, basically, you're letting, right. you're giving spirit, you're putting it on the calendar, and you're making a date, you know. And those are the types of things that need to be honored. Am I right? Exactly. Yeah. So, spirit knows that um, that people will be coming, and they'll show up. And so, if you have people who bail at the last minute, then it's kind of an inconvenience for not just for the medium who's holding the circle and for the other people in the circle, but for spirit as well, you know, so it's something to be taken seriously. Go ahead. What do you do when you have um, people who say they're going to join and then drop out? Because it can be a little bit, you know, unnerving if you've never done a spiritual development circle. Um, You know, there can be a little bit of nerves, but usually that's our soul trying to grow and trying to get us to do new things. But uh, what do you do if you have people who want to, you know, say they're going to join or say they're going to come and then don't come um, Mm -hmm. or there's like a lack of commitment? How do you solidify that for anybody wanting to lead their own circle? So the first thing to do is to start requesting that people RSVP to let let you know whether or not they're going to be attending the meeting or not. And that's the. To have a number of people in the circle, it's usually a minimum of three or four people if you're going to do a, a message mm-hmm. circle of any kind and preferably more. And if you don't have that that number, you know, the circle just won't flow. So yeah. request RSVPs. And then if you don't reach that number of three to four people at a minimum, then you cancel the meeting and you send out a mm-hmm. notice. So, so people know you're running a, the meeting in a business-like way or running the circle in a business-like fashion. And then lastly, you can always charge a fee, you know, if, if you want to do that. Um, and yeah. normally once people are paying a fee to attend the circle, then they're more invested and they're more likely to show up on a regular basis. Yeah. And people can base that off of, you know, whatever is best for, for them personally or whatever kind of the going rate in their community would be. 
Yeah. I mean, I would start with a low fee because this really Mm -hmm. is for spiritual purposes. So, you know, I wouldn't want to do, I wouldn't want to do a very high fee, but just something so that people will have skin in the game and they'll show up because people think, well, I paid my 10 bucks to go to this meeting. I'm going to go, you know? Exactly. Well, and it's respectful to you as the host, because you really are creating that space and, and, and holding that, holding that time for all of us to come and to grow with you or to whoever the leader is. Right. Right, exactly. And I think there needs to be that kind of exchange anyway, you know, on some level or another, whether it's financial or, you know, it's an investment of time. So and people just need to be respectful of that. Absolutely. Um, Then before we keep going on these home development circles, do you have any um, events coming up or anything where anybody so you're in the Arlington, Virginia area? Um, I'm sorry, no, you're in Alexandria. It's I grew up in Alaska, so Arlington, Alexandria, <laughs> potato, potato, it's right next to each other. People are like, no, two different cities, Autumn. I'm like, it's within three hours of each other, you guys. Come on. No. Well, <laughs> Do you have anything coming up where people in the area can catch you? I, well, I have a remote viewing class that I'm going to be teaching at Arlington Metaphysical Chapel on August mm-hmm. 11th. Uh, it's a Saturday and I'll be teaching the introduction to remote viewing and there'll be plenty of opportunities to practice and to learn how to do remote viewing. So we'd love to have people sign up. They can find more info on your website, right? Yes. Yes. And it's brianecklin.com.com. Yes. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, so let's get going back on, um, tips for delivering messages during home development circles. So what do you wish you'd known about home development circles before you started one? Well, um, there, there's a demand for development circles. I've, I've had circle members drive in. I live in Virginia, drive in from uh, Northern Maryland, which is the state just above Virginia. Um, we've had people drive in from Pennsylvania mm-hmm. uh, and then also from Southern Virginia who've driven as much as three hours just to sit in a development circle. And so mm-hmm. I think it's, it's helpful f- for people to know um, that, uh, that there's a demand for circles. So, you know, go ahead and start your own circle. You know, it's helpful to just let people know where you are in your development. You don't have to be a professional psychic or medium. You don't have to be licensed. Um, you, can, you can charge your circle members for, for your time or you can make it free. Uh, mm-hmm. the circle attendance. And then you just need to be clear about your home boundaries and limits. You know, let circle members know um, that the circle is going to be held in the living room and uh, they're not supposed to wander all over your home, that you yeah, start yeah. on time, you end on time, um, and they're expected to leave when the circle's over. And um, and there should also be boundaries for attendance to let them know that um, they're expected to show up for a certain number of circle meetings. Um because if there's a waiting list, you might have to drop them if they're if they're not showing up. So um, you have to kind of be. And hard then, as far fair. as general, sorry, yeah, that's true. Um, and then, as far as general safety, I mean, it's kind of like a, a Craigslist exchange in the sense that you want to, you know, let other people know where you're going, have accountability, vet people. You know, there's you can trust spirit and and feel safe with what you're doing, but. At the same time, be smart. Use practical sense. Don't go, right. you know, to strange places if you don't. I, you and I um, had sat in a development circle in a church, which was a public space, for over a year before yes. I joined your a home circle in your home, and that's because I felt comfortable. Before I go, I let my husband know. You know, put it in your calendar. I mean, be be smart. Use use general sense when going to um, a home circle, but also if you feel called and like that's where you're supposed to be, then that's where you're supposed to be. 
Um, and then really quick before we um, before we go, what's the difference between an open and a closed circle really quickly? Yeah, so an open circle means anybody can can join. Anyone can attend the circle, uh, regardless of their uh, level of training or their psychic experience. And a closed circle means that it's limited to just those people who are invited. And you're looking for people with a certain skill level so that everyone's on the same uh, level playing field when they're delivering message messages to one another. And that helps kind of facilitate the, the growth of the circle at large when you have a closed circle because um, you kind of see the energy and the, and the messages accelerate, the quality of messages accelerate over time. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, so that's all the time we have. Unfortunately, I'll have to have you on another time because there is so much more that we can dive into. And I want to thank you all for listening. Be sure to follow Golden Otter Divinations on Instagram, uh, where you can check in and let me know about your golden moments so I can cheer you on. Also, if you'd like to contact me, you can go to my website. It's goldenotter.us. That's golden, like the precious metal, and otter, like the precious animal. And uh, please take a moment to sign up for my bi-weekly email and get um, up-to-date info on all things golden otter. So I want to thank my guest, Brian Eklund, for sharing such amazing information. And I want to thank you all for tuning into Golden Otter Radio. Again, you can find him at brianecklund.com. I had an amazing time sharing this sacred co-creation space with you. Please remember to join me every first Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. Have a great week, and I will see you back here next time. Thank you for listening to Golden Otter Divinations, where the metaphysical meets the mainstream with Autumn Seibel. Tune in the first Friday of every month at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Exploring where the metaphysical meets the mainstream, Golden Otter Divinations helps you draw in the abundance that is yours by divine right. For more information or to listen to this show, visit goldenotter.us. That's golden like the precious metal and otter like the precious animal.us.